Hello, welcome to the first episode of the DallasGrant.xyz podcast. I'm your host, Dallas Grant, and on every episode, I'll go over a series of topics and give my opinion, and then you have the opportunity to give your opinion about what I stated. On today's episode, we'll go over child support, the electoral college system, and then we'll look at the options of being able to put a different phone on the market that is not an Android or Google phone. Like stated earlier, you do have the opportunity to be able to voice your opinion about what I stated. That even includes if you want to call me an idiot. The easiest way to do this is by calling 224-DALLAS-1. That's 224-325-5271. For a real easy way to call that from your phone, bring your phone's web browser to dallasgrant.xyz. On the first page, you'll see my phone number listed. Click on the one that's all digits and it'll automatically pull up your phone app so you can call from there. If you'd rather leave a voice message by using your computer and microphone, just go to my website, click on the latest episode. Right above the player, you'll see an option to send a voice message. When you click on that, a recorder automatically pulls up so you can record the message and then send it from there. If you prefer to send me a written message instead, click on Contact Me from my website. On the next page, you'll see a form. Just fill everything out and then send it on my way and I'll read that on the next episode. And one last way to be able to voice your opinion is by commenting to any stories that I have on my website. At the bottom of any story or podcast that I post, you will see a comment section. You can easily sign in by clicking on the social media accounts on the upper right hand corner. Um, Pick the one that uh, suits you best and it'll automatically put the avatar as your default photo or avatar that you use with that particular service. If you'd rather be just a guest account, click on the comment itself. It'll have a spot to put in your name and email address and allow you to be a guest commenter. I will have a read me first link in the comment section that you can click on for any instructions that are needed for this. All right, if you'd like to learn a little bit more about myself, click on about me on my website. And if you want a different option for being able to listen to this podcast, On any podcast that's shown on my website, right below the player is links to other services that I have this podcast linked to. If you'd rather use something like Pandora, Google, Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, or anything like that, just uh, find the one that you want to go with and click on that link and it'll automatically pull up their player instead. All right, without any further ado, let's uh, get this podcast going. I hope you enjoy the show. Let's start with child support. For those who don't know me, you know, I am a father of two. My son is 20 years old, just turned 20 just a week ago. And my daughter uh, will be turning 18 next month. So I'm done with the child support for my son. My daughter, I have to pay until she graduates high school. So that'll be in June. Now, of my opinions of child support, I will warn you, they are very negative. But I'm going to go over each reason why I do believe they're negative and why there needs to be a desperate change for child support. Had I had money for a lawyer, maybe things could have gone differently. The only thing I don't know if it would have gone any differently or not is I know in the state of Minnesota, might be true in other states as well, I'm sure it is, but you really have to be a terrible mother to not get majority custody of your children. Good news in my situation is I was not seen as a danger to the children. There was no supervised visitations. So what I wanted should have been possible. And what I wanted was I wanted the kids half time. So I'd have them for one week, she'd have them for the next. Then we just go from there. So we went into a room to discuss you know, the, what we each wanted. Um, I think it was between me, her, her lawyer, and then there was three other county people. I don't know who they were, but they were given their insights as well. 
Realistically, there's no reason I shouldn't have gotten that. We both lived in the same town, so there wouldn't have been confusion about going to like different schools or anything like that. This is a small town. Only about 10,000 people live here. And 2,000 of those are college students. Um, beyond that, uh, um, you know, I had no legal reasons to keep the children away from me. The main obstacle was her, her lawyer. Her lawyer made the case to those three other people that were in the room that there's no reason for me to have them 50% of the time since I work. Now this really doesn't make any sense to me at all. I worked and she didn't. So her lawyer's case to it was, where are the kids gonna be when I'm at work? I said, well, I can have daycare, find someone to watch them. And then she stated, well, most of daycare and things like that want you to be on a consistent schedule. So you wanna be able to break it off week by week. So where would the kids be when when she has the kids, maybe she could just take care of them at home. My response to that is, well, why can't she use that time to have the kids in the daycare and find a job? Boy, <clears throat> let me tell you, that was the wrong thing to say to this lawyer. She did not like it at all. because She was very, you could tell just in her face, she was very offended by that statement. But apparently, they must have liked her rebuttal to that. Because her rebuttal was, well, since she doesn't work, wouldn't it be better for the kids to stay with her all the time and not have to uh, pay for daycare. Yeah, I was I was very upset with that, but I thought I had more time to talk with a judge. I didn't think it was all finalized with those people. Had I had a lawyer to guide me in the right direction, that would help a lot, because that's where I messed up. Now, saying that though, here's honestly what I was thinking when I came into this situation. I wasn't really thinking about child support, mostly because, you know, as much as it is, and we'll go over how much it, I, I got charged. I was expecting at that time somewhere between 100 and $150 per child, especially based on the wages I was making at the time. Um, you know, keep in mind this is 15 years ago, and I was in my uh, 20s, so still young and dumb, to obviously with the way I handled the court, and I was making 750 an hour. Now at that time, I might have still been working two jobs. Eventually I, I dropped it down to one, um, which would have been within that month. Um, but I was working one job, which is a store that sold cell phones. That was located inside the mall. And the other one was building circuit boards for a manufacturing company. For when I did get up to the judge, obviously he never asked any questions at all. He just asked if everything on my report was true, which was an income report. I said, yes, then Two seconds later, he's like, all right, it's it's adjourned. Um, I didn't know that everything was based on what me, her lawyer, and those three other people were talking about. Boy, that was a mistake. So based on that, what is the most important thing that you all should gather from this? And that is, number one, make sure you have a lawyer. Make sure you have money for it, too. So I'm going to urge anyone who may be in any situation where they don't know if they have a lawyer or they don't know how they're going to get one, make sure you have some type of retainer set up. Either contact a lawyer and find out about getting a retainer set up or at least have some money in a bank account. Um, I personally have money in uh, some crypto stocks. Not going to give you any financial information there, um, but uh, um, I always have some money available anytime I need to use it. I've never had to uh, dip into that, but... Uh, it's definitely something to really consider. Otherwise, look at options of having um, 
kind of like lawyer insurance. I've heard of it before. I know I've I've had it with one of my places I've worked at. Uh, there's only one place I worked at that had it, and I haven't seen it with any other place. Now, let's go into how much I was charged. If you remember, I was working one job, seven fifteen hour, uh, and I generally worked forty hours a week there. Um, and then I had another job prior to that where I was uh, doing uh, manufacturing, working at, at a uh, manufacturing plant. Um, and that one I probably was making um, probably seven twenty-five, seven fifty an hour. I wouldn't expect any more than that because at that time uh, the the wages were pretty set in place. Uh, you made just about minimum wage and maybe a little bit more. Um, mostly because we recently had a minimum wage increase around that time. Well, I don't know if this is true in every state, but in my state, uh, ch- child support is not based on how much you earn. It's how much you are expected to earn. So, because I've had a history of working two jobs in my uh, you know early 20s, my expected pay was that I would continue working such such jobs. Um, it's kind of impossible though because I was, you know, considering okay now I'm going to be, uh, you know, a dad who also is going to need to make sure I take care of my kids and there for my kids. So, you know, I decided okay I'm going to focus on working the one job where I can make commissions and things like that, boost my pay up, and then leave the other one aside. Um, and uh, that's exactly what I did. Well, I can't remember what I was first initially charged for child support, but I do remember how much I was charged on my first paychecks uh, because uh, I was already in arrears. I was three months behind at the time that child support started, uh, just because of all the court dates and all that, and you know they couldn't determine child support until the custody was was uh, given time. Um, so my first paycheck was supposed to be around 700 some dollars uh, for that paycheck, two week paycheck. Um, and after child support hit it, I got roughly about $140. Now you say to yourself, how the hell can you live off of that? And that's what I was wondering too. You know, I looked at that pay and I'm like, geez, $140. And um, I think, I can't remember, but I think it was during the time um, that I was midway through the month. So I already had the, the rent paid. But, uh, oh man, I didn't even know how to eat. You know, I went down to social services. I was like, okay, I, I need food stamps. I need something. Show them my, my pay stubs. Oh, no, you make too much. I make too much. How, how do I make too much? So here is one other thing about child support that many of you might not know. Child support is an entertainment expense. It is not to pay for your children. Here's why I say this. If I were watching the kids full time and I spent $840 a month on the children and had receipts to prove exactly where that money went, I would get deductions, tax deductions on the money that I spent on the children. In this case... My child support is taken out of my paycheck after taxes are taken out. So it's like taking the boys out to the fucking bar. You know, it's not to, 
it, it, it's not uh, anything that, that that I can issue a, a credit on. Might as well get some hookers too, because uh, <laughs> yo, I'm not getting a, a credit on the tax. Uh, you know, so that doesn't make sense to me. Could I claim the kids? Yeah, kind of. In order for me to claim the kids, I would have to have the mother agree upon the fact that I'm going to be able to take care of one of the kids. I eventually did get that done, but uh, um, she has to totally agree on it. She could just say no. There's no obligation for her to be able to give it to me because she has to make that call, naming that she has the kids more than 50% of the time. Are you guys getting pissed yet? <laughs> well, here, here, here's one more way to get pissed. Do you know that you can go to the casino and have a negative loss in your gambling at the casino and claim that on your taxes? But me providing for my kids, I could not claim that on my taxes at all. And it didn't affect my income at all. It claimed that my income was staying the same and I just, for some reason, have a real bad time going out to the clubs, going out to the bars because I'm spending $840 a month making $750 an hour. Take that in mind. $750 an hour, $850 a month. That is a lot of money when you only get paid, you know, after taxes, about $700 a paycheck. Yeah, I could make a little bit more and I did have to hustle. I did have to, uh, you know, bring myself to, you know, really working extra hard and finding ways to make money not always legally. Now, granted, I didn't go out and steal from people per se. Uh, if you remember, I worked at a cell phone kiosk. If uh, this one here happened to sell a phone service that uh, whenever a person upgraded their phone, there's a SIM card that was inside the box of the phone. Uh, if you just used the one that was in their previous phone, you could cop, you know, take that other one out and sell it. Realistically, that was uh, that was uh, uh, something that the business should have taken in, not me. But no, I kept it. And if someone came around because they needed to hook up a SIM card, which happened all the time, yeah, I charged them 20 bucks for it. We could have easily given it out for free because <laughs> it was it was unaccounted for uh, merchandise. But yeah, I, I had to do that. There's no way I could have survived without doing that. If anyone came to my store and wanted to charge their phone, I charged them a dollar. I had a good reason for it. We only had like one outlet that was free. Now you're taking out my outlet. But uh, still, you know, I probably was looked at as a jerk because I did that. Um, and, uh, you know, I had to keep on doing that. H had to find ways to, to make money. And no, I didn't panhandle. I'm, I'm, I'm a person who's really against panhandling. I'm sorry if you are a panhandler, but I'm going to tell you right now. I never give money to panhandlers and I never will become one. I think that's a very lazy way to live your life. And too much of the time, it's not even a person who deserves money who's out panhandling. It's a person who really actually has money and is living a comfortable life and pretending to be homeless just to get extra money from you. It doesn't take much to make a panhandler money. All it takes is five dumb idiots to give them five dollars in an hour and they've made more money in an hour than most of us make especially since it's tax-free they don't have to really claim it on anything so if i'm paying the taxes on the money how is it treated for the person who's getting the money well first of all i already paid the taxes on the money she doesn't have to pay taxes on it at all even goes even a further step remember that i said that it does not affect my gross doesn't adjust my gross adjusted income, shall I say. It 
doesn't affect hers either. She can use that money to her advantage, such as, well, let's say she's not working, which she wasn't. She's living in subsidized housing. The house, the, the three-bedroom apartment that she lived in was like $14 a month, and all she had to pay beyond that was just electricity and uh, gas. And uh, if she wanted a garage, she would have to pay for that. But, you know, that's a pretty cheap price. I was living in a in a one-bedroom apartment, and uh, and I was paying, you know, $550, $600 a month, somewhere around there. Um, and, uh, you know, I didn't get any benefits or anything like that. It doesn't affect her income when she's applying for food stamps, medical assistance, anything like that. She can also use it for advantage if uh, she wants to take out a loan, because then she can claim it as earned income and effect- effectively say, hey, I actually make this much money. So now you see where I'm coming from that it's kind of evil. What's even worse? It is illegal for me to know where that money goes. It invades privacy to know that my money, which is supposed to only be for my children, goes. So yes, you did hear that right. She does not have to inform me where the money goes. It's illegal for me to ask. It's actually illegal for me to even have an investigation on it. Even if I know the money is not going to the right spot, because it's private information, there's no way I'm going to be able to, you know, press charges on it. How is that fair? How is that fair that she can spend the money any way that she wants? It doesn't have to go to the children. I mean, realistically, she could have used like $200, $300 a month uh, on the kids. That would have been a rightful uh, allotment to use. That would have been way more. But that would have made sure, uh, you know, she was taken care of. But she wouldn't even have to spend that much. She already had food stamps because, you know, she wasn't working. She had this low base uh, rent. Okay, so now I'm paying for this other stuff. Food stamps at that time was given more than could even be eaten in a month. It's criminal that we even have laws that are set up like this. Absolutely criminal in my mind. But what else is criminal? If I fall behind on my child support, I can go to jail. Isn't that just ridiculous? I mean, I understand. I understand. If you're a deadbeat dad, don't even take care of your your kid at all. And you've done everything possible to make sure that your child is not getting any child support. Yeah. Yeah. You should go to jail. If there's proof and evidence that you are working, but you're working under the table and you have plenty of money in order to take care of your child. Yes. I totally think you should go to jail. But if you fall behind a couple of months, I mean, I think it's more than a couple of months because I never went to jail. But if you fall behind uh, for a lot of time and the, deal, the problem is that you are having a difficult time finding a job, how's jail going to help? How's jail going to get you that job? Now, I never went to jail like I stated. I did have a bad incident that happened um, last last year. I almost got my license taken away from me. Isn't that kind of weird? They can take your license away. Of all things to take away, that does not make any sense to take away, would be a license from a person. Um, especially in America. You know, if I lived in a place where I could get around completely by mass transportation, okay, fine, the license isn't going to do anything for me. But in America, unless you live in a big city, and even most big cities aren't very well set up, mass transportation is a dismal 
you know, I live in Minnesota. The only places where you can actually use mass transportation effectively is in the Minneapolis-St. Paul area. And even there, there's a lot of places where, uh, you know, you may have to go out of your way just to go to a bus terminal or something like that. Um, here where I live, I think they have a service that's called Dial-A-Ride. Um, but, uh, and I don't even know if that's still around. It's been so long since I've used it. I Like, probably over 20 years. Um, but, uh... Um, that closes at like six o'clock, you know, and you're not going to be able to tra- transfer from one city to the next. So it really kind of limits where you're going. Here, here, here's the instance of how I found out about it. I had plans to travel to Vietnam for this winter. Um, I, I looked into it, talked to a friend of mine who lives in Vietnam and uh, found out the biggest expense of going to Vietnam is the airplane ticket. And I actually found one for about 800 bucks. So I was covered there. And then the other biggest expense Bence is just making sure I have money during that time. But I could rent a, a fully furnished apartment for about $350 to $500 for a month. And uh, then on top of that, you know, food expenses is right around uh, $1 to $3 per meal. Sometimes a little more depending on what you're getting, but uh, you can easily make it out for, for about that price. And then the only other expenses would be like if I needed to rent, uh, you know, a way to be able to get around the cities uh, very easily, like a motorbike. I could do that, but I think there's a lot of provisioning that may make that a little bit of a difficulty. I didn't look into that too far. And then the other part would be, you know, if I want to travel from the south end, because uh, I'd be in Ho Chi Minh City. And uh, if I want to go north, the plane ride would be about $50, $55. Um, and then obviously the hotel stay up there. So yeah, you know, it was going to be very affordable and I started saving up money for it. And then of course came time, I'm, I'm going to get my uh, passport because I don't have one. Well, I was denied the passport because I was behind on child support. It's like, okay, well that really is a bummer. Now I can't go. But uh, let's bring it to one more step further. Somehow that triggered something. And all of a sudden, two weeks later, I'm getting a letter in the mail from the DMV. That says, yeah, we're taking your license away, and because of this. And they basically stated it was something with child support. They explained why, but they said it was child support. So I called up child support. I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm getting this letter, and I work a job that I need my vehicle. Or not my vehicle, my driver's license. They provided a vehicle for me. But uh, they're saying my my license is going to be taken away, and they gave me like a week and a day to get this all situated. And, you know, the funny thing to me is, this much work when they were getting paid they were taking allotment for from my job there's no reason why they should have thought i wasn't paying you know it's automatically taken from my check it's not like i have a chance to not pay it's not like oh shoot i forgot that bill <laughs> nope i i had to pay the only time i wouldn't have been able to is when i didn't have a job but uh yeah so they wanted to take away the one thing i absolutely need for my job and that's my license so what happens after I lose my license? I lose my job. So then how is child support going to be paid? You know, these are idiots. Idiots in our government who know nothing. I mean, it, it's obvious. Think about like, uh, here's another example of idiots in office. You know, when they shut down the government. Um, we've had the Minnesota government shut down a few times. Every time they do, they, they close sections of the government that are making money the last time i remember they closed all state parks 
and also ability for people to get a fishing license and things like that. Well, this was during the summer. Uh, what earns like a million dollars a month? Oh, oh yeah, state park? Huh, yeah, we're saving so much money by shutting that down. And then the fishing license, yeah, most of the Minnesotans who fish, I don't fish, but most of them who do probably already had one. But this hurt people who would be traveling to our state and you know, would want to go fishing. So obviously, you know, that's my bias on government officials because I think most of them are idiots who don't think clearly, who don't actually put things on paper and, and start to analyze what is wrong with the situation. And child support is one of those things where something is definitely wrong with the situation. Why is it that I could lose my license over that? Why is it I can't know where my money is going? Why is it I pay taxes on money that's supposed to support my children. So then it goes down to, how the hell do we fix this? I mean, should we have more people like me who, you know, there was a time period when I had so little money and so little food. And it was during the weekend I had the kids. The only thing I had, realistically, was peanut butter and rice. Well, I tried making peanut butter rice. Found out why mostly only birds eat it. Because it's gross. But it had to be something that was going to get protein in our systems. So it's the only thing I had. But of course, I made too much money to actually get them real food. Um, you know, because I couldn't qualify for anything. And then in a period of my life, I had to live in my friend's attic. It's the only place I could li- afford only place I could afford to live. It was kind of unfair for me to have to have my kids sleep in the attic with me when they were with me. Eventually things did get a little better, but in order to get them better, I had to form a relationship with someone who's a great friend, but me and her did not work out really as a relationship. And we kept together just to support the children Um, you know eventually it got to the point where we really needed to stop the charade yeah and that helped out a lot it really did but unfortunately you know now 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 we're just friends and uh but unfortunately when did we become friends you know I, i i turned 46 in march is it a great time period for me to look for new people to date? No, not really. Um, you know, it was a good time period for her to find someone to date. Um, I mean, she's in her late 30s. And no, not really. Um, you know, luckily, my kids lived an awesome life during that period. Really did. And right now, I live with my best friend. Um, I basically rent out his basement and he has the rest of his house. Um, Works out great. Luckily, we are really good um, where we don't annoy each other a lot. (laughs) Uh, I mean, luckily, you know, we've been friends since high school and amazingly, it works out. But it helps because 
I can live comfortably and not have to pay an enormous amount for rent. But why? Why should I have to? Why? Why? Why do I have to go and you know pay all this amount? Seven twenty-five a month is how much I pay right now. Why do I have to pay this amount and really, really struggle? It really doesn't make sense. We really need something change in in child support.、Um, And I don't think I have all the answers. I wanted to bring some of the problems of child support front and center. But、uh, for this、uh, this post, this podcast、um, on my website dallasgrant.xyz, you will see、uh, an article about child support on there.、Um, at the very bottom, you'll have ability to comment. You can also call my phone number, two two four three two five five two seven one, or even click on contact me and、uh, send a message. But let's let's go over this. Let's debate. We can bring this back to the podcast later on. But let's debate and find out what we can do to better child support. Where should child support be capped at per child? I know some things may need to be changed, based on on、uh, like daycare expenses, things like that. So I can understand some of those causing additional fees for child support. Where should we、uh, Where should we go on punishments? I mean, obviously, I'm full front and center saying removing a person's driver's license is wrong. Because that removes their ability to be able to work. But what? How should punishment be otherwise? Another thing is: should we set up a system, kind of like what I think Delaware is setting up? They're setting up a, a debit card system. It's kind of like an EBT card,、um, but basically the mother has the ability to buy child-related expenses. But they cannot buy stuff for themselves. Should this be implicated everywhere? I I think so. I really like that idea. Because the the one thing that 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 I hate is I know all my money did not go to the children. What other things do you think would really help out? Do you think it should be legal for a mother to basically take over a lot of the medical stuff? I mean, I think of the person in Texas, where the guy's、uh, child is basically being transformed to a girl, and even though he's adamantly against it, and I think it should be illegal, the mother's going ahead and going to do it. What should be the consequences for something like that? Something needs to be done, and somehow we need to band up. People who are paying child support, people who are fathers, we really need to get this changed because the allotment that they are charging is anywhere. The amount of damage it causes to a, a family is extraordinary, and I 
can easily understand why a father falls behind and then his entire life is destroyed. All right, give me your thoughts on this because I do think it is an important subject to talk about. So let's talk about the electoral college system. For those of you who are, who are not from the United States or uh, those of you who don't pay any attention to politics, the electoral college system is the system that the United States uses to vote for president. It's actually a very brilliant system. It basically makes sure that any person who is voting would have a voice. The only drawback to it now is most of our states are a winner-take-all state, which means that, like, let's say in my state, my state has 10 electoral college votes that, that is represented based on the population of my state. If one candidate gets 55% and the other candidate gets 45%, the one with the 55% wins and wins it all, wins all 10. And the one who got the 45% loses completely and gets actually no votes from my state. The problem with that is that may be you know, something that's, uh, that's really proportionally wrong. Now think about this. Let, let's go with California. California has 55 electoral college votes. They're a winner-take-all state as well. Let's just say there's some major change that happens that causes, some pe- that, causes that state to get closer to voting for a Republican. Let's say at the end, they get 49% for the Republican and 51% for the Democrat. So the Democrat wins. Democrat gets all 55% and any conservative voice in that, that state loses their voice. That I don't think is right. I think we really need to change to a proportional voting system. Basically what that means is in an instance, let's say there only was two people voting in my state and one person did get the 55%, the other one got the 45%. One person would get 5.5 votes and the other one would get 4.5 votes. Um, To me, that's gonna make it a whole lot easier to state that, hey, I do have a voice. My voice matters. Because I came out and voted for my candidate. Yeah, we didn't win, but at least I added 4.5% or 4.5 points to the actual end result. That makes things a lot different and it makes things a lot more fair. It definitely shows that now we are actually going to areas of low population. Right now, the way it's set up, you know, we might not be in an area of low population that's winning the vote. Good reason why. Democrats have, have yelled to want to get rid of the uh, Electoral College. It's because they know as soon as Electoral College is gone, they win. Because all they have to do is just go to the major cities, which mostly are, are Democrat-run, and you know campaign there, and that's it. They don't have to care about anyone else in the country, and everything is, is uh, recorded based on that popular vote. Good example of this is in my state itself. You know, one thing I think is I think that we need to expand the electoral college system to all voting in America, including for governor, senator, you know, list goes on and on. Um, now, in my state, a governor could run for governor and lose everywhere but the metro area and still win, hands down, you know, without any problems. And to me, I think that's sad. Because that means that, first of all, 
This person doesn't need to campaign anywhere but the metro area. But second of all, it means that everyone who's outside of the metro area has to be bound by rules that are more or less targeted for the metro area. I don't really think that's fair. So again, I think we need to start looking at, let's bring this uh, voting system to everywhere. Now it's going to be a little bit difficult to implicate in every single city, everything like that. Um, you know, for like mayoral races, district races, county races. But we could start small and we could work on something that's easy to implicate. And that would be like governor races, senator races, secretary of state, anything that would be a statewide election. We could either base it on districts itself or we could base the uh, electoral college based on counties. Um, probably be easiest on districts just because of the fact that we vote based on districts. We don't vote, vote based on counties aside from like uh, county elections. Um, but uh, for the most part, a lot of our stuff is based on cities and districts. But I mean, think about how much that would change. Take a look at your last, um, even presidential election. Just look at the numbers of, of how much uh, you you actually did see of each each politician winning. I mean, it doesn't mean that uh, it would have changed the outcome of the election itself, but it definitely would have made a difference. One thing I kind of don't like right now is we base so much of our effort on like five states or what their numbers are going to be. And we really give no say towards the, uh, you know, the other candidates at all. I'm going to state, uh, you know, if you go on my website, you will find an article called the Electoral College. And it really goes over a lot of the details on what the Electoral College is. Gives some pros and cons for both the winner-take-all and the proportional. So you can really gather on which one that you like better. You know, I, I obviously think that the proportional is better, but that's mostly because I feel I don't have a voice. I don't care so much to vote. Had I had more of a reason to go out to vote, because I feel like my little voice in my little area actually has, has meaning, I would go out and vote. That's not what politicians want you to do, though, because politicians love the dumb, and they love the people who don't care, because then they can implicate things that they shouldn't. That's why they issue, you know, huge plans that are all based, you know, 700 pages worth of garbage and you have no idea what's in it and they want the vote tomorrow. But yeah, take a look at that. I want your opinions. Should we switch to an electoral college system for everyone, for every vote, for every type of election, or should we get rid of it completely? Let me know. The last part of my show, let's go over the idea of having a phone other than iPhone or other than a Google-related phone uh, and seeing if that would actually come to market. You know, one thing to really look at here, you know, a lot of things that people want to complain about the iPhone and the Android phone is how much information is being tracked of us. I know on Google, you can go and download everything that is being tracked on you. Um, I was pretty surprised when I did it because it basically has every single time I've asked my Google Home Mini a question, it has every single voice I've done on that. Now that might be just 
just to, uh, you know, keep a track of how my voice is and, you know, use that voice uh, to, to uh, address everything. Um, otherwise, it could be something completely different that I don't know. Maybe they could easily be making uh, AI that uses my voice based on everything I say. I doubt they would be, but, you know, who, who knows? <laughs> the other thing I, I was kind of surprised about is I can download... Uh, my location history and yeah even if I'm not using GPS that day or anything it has it down pretty pin packed of exactly where I've been throughout the day does that concern me that much not really I don't know what a person's going to do with my information however what if someone is able to hack into that information and gather where I am at a particular time and maybe rob my house or something like that um, you know, so these are kind of concerning. I don't know exactly why it holds all this information. But then on the other hand, I look at one thing about Google and Google knows nothing about me. Now you might be saying, oh yeah, maybe, maybe that's all you have on is just to track information. No, I've been using Google religiously for years. Um, kind of add up to everything I have, uh, that's Google related, uh, I, ha I have had a Google Gmail account since probably a year after it was first launched. Just to kind of give you a, a balance on exactly, you know, how old my Gmail account is. My, uh, my username is eight characters long and it's all letters. There's no numbers in it at all. Um, I got the account back in the day when you still had to be invited in order to get an account. Um, so it's been a long time. They definitely... Uh, connected to their services for quite a while. Google uh, web search is probably my main web search. Um, I may use some others if I'm trying to do like a reverse image search because Google is awful for that. Um, and there's others out there that are really good at that. But other than that, I generally use the, the Google search. So it should know most of my search information. Um, although my searches are kind of random, you know, I might be thinking, huh, you know, there's so many other things that add up so that they should really know me. I've been using the Google Google Chrome browser basically since the day it came out uh, publicly. Uh, I was a beta tester for the Google Music Services. And in fact, I uploaded my entire MP3 catalog to Google. Uh, for those of you who have known me for years, know that I am a big time listener of music and at that time I had at least 90 gigabytes worth of uh, mp3s if not more um, and I uploaded my entire catalog so there they should know what type of music I listen to and they really don't in fact Google thinks I basically only listen to Asian music and I don't I probably even have more American music on my like list of YouTube music than I do uh, of Asian music but it's pretty close. So um, the thing about Google that I don't like for the YouTube is you only can save 5,000 videos in liked. And then after that, it just starts deleting after that. Um, and I'm at my 5,000. So every time I add a new one, something's getting deleted. So that might be one thing that's going on there. But yeah, so they know my music tastes. They know, like of all the services I pay for, for streaming, I use YouTube the most, by far, but like hands down by far. 
So they kind of should know what kind of stuff I watch from there. Not only that, I was a subscriber to YouTube TV for a long time. The only reason I'm not now is you can't get sports on there. They'll say you can get sports, but you can't. Don't let them fool you because you can't get Bali sports. Um, and without Bali sports, you're missing out on a lot of sports. So I've direct TV stream for that instead. But I do have a Google TV and an Android TV. Um, and both of them are set up with all the services I use. And I've also had numerous Chromecasts over the years, like multiple Chromecasts over the years. So it should be able to pick up, okay, yeah, I'm watching this show and I'm streaming it on this device. What else? Oh, I have a bunch of Google Home Minis. I have a Google speaker and I have a Google display. My Wi-Fi network in my house is a Google Wi-Fi mesh network. I've owned numerous Android phones. In fact, right now, the two phones that I use is a, a Google 6A and a Google 4A. Um, the Google 4A is currently only on Wi-Fi, but during the summertime, I do give it a SIM card uh, so I can have two phones while I'm working. Google. Oh, I had the Google Stadia. The reason I'm using the word had is because I will give them credit though. They paid me for every game I bought and they paid me back for the system itself, um, which was definitely not something they had to do. <coughs> but so Google has all this on me. What else do they have on me? Google Drive. I have in my Google Drive, I have basically every single uh, document I've, I've, I've created in probably the last 20 years uh, that includes taxes that includes uh, you know written communication um, and that's mostly what it is it includes PDF documents but it really includes a lot of information that I have created myself and a lot of information that would steer something in the right direction of what I enjoy and what I like to do I also heavily use Google Docs um, even when I have the opportunity to use uh, Microsoft Word I typically actually use Google Docs more so because it's a faster loading system. If I had to turn in assignment to someone, like if I was still in school, college or anything like that, I probably would use Word just because it would be a compatible version that another person could open. Um, but because all I do is online in information and do little tiny doc work here and there, it's not something that I need to have something that a person can easily pull up for compatibility. But I do have tons of documents in there tons of just like little chicken scratch basically of things that i have thought of, you know things that just brainstorming things like that so it should know a lot about me there it should know a lot about what i cook because all my recipes are stored there why does google know so little about me and why do i say they know so little about me the reason is is because if i go online and there's a google ad the only thing i see are things i'm not looking at buying like currently right now it thinks I really want a citizen watch yes I kind of would like one but am I in the market for buying a watch right now no if they displayed it maybe in like June or July I think they would have you know more of a balance there but during this time no they should know when I spend the most money because just about most of my transactions go to uh, my Google email account. Now, that being said, though, I don't know if maybe some of the reason it doesn't know anything about me could be of how secure I have my Google system set up. Um, to kind of let you know, you could know my password to my account and my full email address. 
and you're still not getting in my account. You need a physical key in order to get my account. Without that physical key, you're you're out of luck completely. You still need one more password beyond that, just in order to access uh, my stored passwords. So there's one more thing that could easily come into play as well. You know, let's say that it's just Google. That's the only reason that uh, that that my information is out there. But still, should we have something that we really know exactly what's going on? How much information is actually be given out? And wouldn't it be nice to know how the information is stored? Who has access to this information? I mean, like for the location information, you know, it all makes sense to me if the location information is based on certain little protocols. And it's mostly only something that's going to be set up that, like the navigational systems I use, can find information about, but also maybe, uh, you know, for history. Uh, but also maybe it's something that's only stored on my local file or stored on the like the Google side file, but not something that anyone else can can uh, connect to. Same thing with like the voice message, voice uh, uh, recordings it has. If those voice recordings are only used just to be able to uh, easily um, snip it and find, hey, is this the correct voice of this person? you know, to kind of train the learning module, but it's never anything that actually goes to anyone else. I'm fine with that. Of course, I'm also fine with the fact that the advertisements can pull up based on what I might be searching or based on email. Because to me, I don't think that information is something that is given out. I think it's just something that picks up. But, uh, you know, it's really, really kind of strange how you know, information is freely given and it is kind of concerning that a lot of us don't know where any of our information is going. One thing I don't like about the Google and Android or Android store, the Google Play store or the Apple um, app store is there's a lot of apps in there, almost too many. It's hard to find apps that you actually are interested in. And there also is a lot of apps that go through the, the, uh, the cracks and and definitely should be removed. You know, as an example, I'm pretty sure this is still in Android. Uh, I know it was removed from iPhone, but it might be back. But there's an app called Whisper. It's been around for about a decade. So some of you might know it, know what it is. Well, the app is full of nothing but probably 98% of them are fake users, scammers, things like that. People trying to sell photos, uh, people trying to rip you off things like that. That alone should be one, one reason why that app should be removed from the store. But the other reason why it should be is because it's loaded with a plethora of underage uh, and really stuff that's, that's made for pedophiles. Pedophiles are heap files. Um, it's not even just like teenagers that, that, that are shown on there. A heap file is a person who's interested in uh, someone who's just going through puberty, uh, you know, then obviously a pedophile is one who's interested in someone who's uh, into prepubescent children. None of that should be allowed at all. But you don't even have to spend three minutes on the site and you're going to see something that's that's related to uh, child porn. How is that at all? How is that really at all legal? Uh, or not even just legal, how is that allowed? Because uh, it's, it's something that you would you would venture to bet would be removed completely from the, the site. 
or from the App Store. What else? Dating apps. How many dating apps out there are scams? There's an easy way to tell. If you open a dating app and before you even have time to post your picture, before you even have time to create a bio, you already have four people trying to talk to you, that's yeah, a scam app. But there's tons of them. Almost all of them are. Even the ones that aren't necessarily scam apps, uh, most of those dating apps have a huge majority of its audience are catfish or scammers. How, how does this keep happening? Why, why can't we have anything that relates to finding people to chat with that are actual real people? Why can't we have anything set and bound by that? And why does Google and Apple promote very bad applications that don't work? To me, that's the biggest thing that would push me to wanting something different. It's not wanting to get away from Apple or Google, but it's wanting something that's offering a different balance. I'd rather see something that really is concerned about security, really is concerned about privacy. It's so concerned that even their app store limits how much of junk apps could actually be on there. You know, have, have it so every single app is thoroughly tested. How many times have you seen a game app that claims that it's gonna that you're gonna make a hundred dollars tonight? And then you open it up and you find out the only one who's making money is just a game developer, and there's no way you can ever make money. But you know, it's an interesting thought. Something I've been thinking of lately. I think one thing that we could do is create our own app store, something that does only show apps that are of good quality, and have that available on Android. Uh, we might even be able to have it on iOS as well. It's just it won't be as easy. But then we really should look at if we were to make another phone, how are we going to implicate it? One thing we could look at is how other phones went wrong. Freedom Phone comes an example of one that really went wrong. Because I remember hearing a lot about it. And then as soon as it was released, everyone started to stop talking about it. Why? Because it was a piece of shit phone. I don't even know how the software was. I looked at the phone first of all and found it doesn't even do noise cancellation because it only has one microphone. Now I know some people are thinking, well, one microphone, that might not be too bad. No, that I, you don't realize how advanced your phone is. Your phone probably has two or three microphones on it. And that means when you go to a noisy environment, it automatically blocks out the background noise. So there's no reason to buy a phone that doesn't do that when every other phone on the market does. So it makes me think of something else. I don't know if you know this, but you could take like a, any Android bottle phone and you could flash the operating system and put a different operating system on there altogether. It's actually fairly simple to do. There's drawbacks to it though, because more than not, you would void the warranty of the phone. And also, things can go wrong and if things go wrong to a, to too much of a point it may bring it to the phone not even being able to accept anything ever again um, I've never had that happen in my life back in the day uh, you used to do that on phones a lot just because the phones would have like too much junk on there and it would cause the phones to slow down so if you got like a cooked version of the operating system you could actually set it up a little bit differently and make the phone run better Nowadays, it's not as common because there's so much memory in the phone that it runs fine right out the bat. But back in the day, you really had to. Um, you know, so that might be something to consider. 
I know that uh, there are a few operating systems out there that are already made. I haven't looked at them, but uh, you know it might be interesting to look at some of the other operating systems out there and see if there's any that actually does have a, um, you know, something that we can actually work with. I think the most important thing out of anything is we really need something that's secure and keeps privacy in mind. Well, on my website, you will see something that says the smartphone challenge. Now, this is a very long read, so prepare yourself for it. Um, but I really went over a lot of the pros and cons of the Google Play Store, security concerns that we may have, um, information about flashing, information about open software, and then I really went into some conclusions on, uh, on what we should decide to do. Um, take a look at that and then give your opinion. How, how does everyone feel about the phones they currently have? What would you like changed with your current phone? How do you think that your current phone would be better? Or how do you think it would be better with a completely different model? All right, we have finally came to the end of my show. Um, I definitely appreciate you listening all the way to the end. Definitely apologize. It's my first time ever doing any sort of podcast or anything like that. So I do apologize if I sound boring or if my voice is not perfect or anything like that. I apologize if you didn't like the music in the background. The only reason I added it in is because it sounded better than how uh, my microphone sounded without music. Um, so apparently I might have to buy a new microphone. But other than that, um, you know, definitely give me feedback. 224-DALLAS-1, 224-325-5271. Otherwise, go on my website, dallasgrant.xyz, and leave your feedback there. I do apologize how long this uh, episode took to make. I ran into a few issues trying to make it along the way, but the next one will be released shortly. Uh, the next one will be about cryptocurrency, Drake Crane Story Hour, and last but not least, the growing market of artificial intelligence. Look for that show soon. I'm going to try to post it before the end of the week so I can at least get a couple episodes done uh, within this week and kind of make up for the time that I lost. All right, you'll hear my voice later and have a good time till then.